having the CCO role is not just a signal internally, but externally that you value the customer at every level of your organization to the point where they have a seat at the table. So, because really the CCO is representative of the customer at the table, apart from having, you know, advisory boards and voice of the customer surveys where you actually have customers telling you their feedback. This is a signal across the board that the customer is really critical and essential to the company's operations. Gainsight presents the Game Changer Podcast with host Adam Joseph. Hello, and welcome to the Game Changer Podcast brought to you by Gainsight. That clip was from today's guest, Rosalind Curato, Chief Customer Officer at AlloView. Today, we're talking all about the importance of the Chief Customer Officer role. For some companies, the CCO role is relatively new. What exactly should that person do, and how is it different from a director or VP role? We'll discuss what this role signifies and how it will evolve in the future. And now, your host, Adam Joseph. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the GameSite Game Changer podcast series. I'm Adam Joseph, the Director of Customer Success at Gainsight. So one of the most exciting new roles to emerge at leading SaaS businesses is that of the CCO or Chief Customer Officer. I actually looked at LinkedIn earlier today and in the US, there are now over 1,300 Chief Customer Officers with over half working within technology, software and SaaS. Numbers in the UK, where I'm based, are slightly lower. It's just under 300. But actually, that's uh, increased year over year. And I fully expect if I was to be recording this podcast in August 2021, and it's going to be here soon enough, I would expect that number to actually be closer to four to 500 at that point. So in my past, and I can talk from personal experience, I've seen examples of customer success reporting into groups as diverse as sales, marketing, and operations. So what is the benefit of having this relatively new C-suite role? And what are the broad set of skills that you need to have to be successful? Well, I'm absolutely delighted to say that joining me to discuss this on today's pod is Rosalind Carato, who is, is the CCO at Alovu. A very warm welcome to you, Rosalind. Thanks, Adam. It's good to be here. No, it's really appreciate your time. So maybe we can kick off. Just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and the company you work for, for someone who hasn't come across uh, the business. Sure, absolutely. So as Adam mentioned, I'm the Chief Customer Officer at AlloView. AlloView is an ed fintech company, so a combination of ed tech and fintech. We have built some software-based solutions to really elevate how school districts around the U.S. are managing their finances to make it a lot more strategic and to make it less about data crunching and more about thinking about students and how we can add value to them. So it's mission-driven as well as being the SaaS company within the, the country. My background prior to that was actually in financial services. I interned in Wall Street at Goldman Sachs, uh, at JP Morgan, and ended my career there at Citigroup, working in strategy, strategic planning, as well as mergers and acquisitions. In parallel to that and working in the private sector, I was really drawn to trying to find a way to use finance for good. So hmm. how can I use this skill set to help those who 
have brilliant ideas, but really kind of struggle with the financial piece. And so I came into the education space thinking this was an exciting area to just make finance a lot simpler and more accessible so we can just really unlock a lot of opportunity with school districts. Fantastic. Well, look, before we dive into the the core topic for today and talking all things CCO, as people who have listened to this podcast earlier, we'll probably like to know, I always like to start with a bit of fun and brevity. So just to get to know you a bit better, if you uh, couldn't live without one app on your smartphone, what would it be? What would be that one app that you couldn't possibly ever delete? Okay, apart from the the practical stuff like texting and FaceTime, I'm assuming. (laughs) Yeah, um, that apart. That's too easy. (laughs) Exactly. So my favorite app for a few years has been Headspace. It's a pretty well-known meditation app. Mm -hmm. And what I like about it is that uh, you can pick the duration. So it could be a minute, five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever you have time for. So that's been super helpful. But also they let you try it out for free for 10 episodes or 10 sessions. So you can actually see if it's something that you would build a habit around. So highly recommend it. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I certainly haven't got that app on my phone, but I'm gonna. I'm certainly going <laughs> to give it a go, especially with everything going on at the moment. Meditation would be something I mm-hmm. definitely should get into. Well, brilliant. Thanks. For, yeah, exactly. Well, let, let, let's kind of kick off at the beginning. And thank you for telling us a little bit about your, your past and your history and, and what you've done. And I understand from a previous conversation, you've you've kind of built your team from scratch, if I understand correctly. And obviously, mm-hmm. it's, it's evolved into a big group now. But can you can you give us kind of the, the key milestones of, of how customer success has, has evolved at your business? Absolutely. So I joined as part of the founding stage when we were just an eight-person company. And customer success was basically me. I was the entirety of the customer success team. But candidly, as I reflect on that, while formally I was customer success, I think everyone at the company at that time was just so excited to get customers in our products and hungry for feedback. So a lot of folks really kind of just stepped in and were, were hyper-focused on, on customers then, which was phenomenal. Mm. And then building a team out, we really started with more generalists who had some industry expertise. So we could just win the trust of our early customers. And then over time, as the team evolved and grew, we were seeing this progression towards specialization. So, you know, we had to have a discrete implementation team, a discrete data team. And then we are in the process of trying to carve out account management from strategic advisory. So continuing along that theme of progressing towards specialization. Interesting, interesting. And Obviously, the core of today's discussion is all around the role of the, the chief customer officer. Now, one of the, the questions I've been really dying to ask you is, as I, I've worked with CSMs and a lot of different companies, and still, as I look at what customer success means to one business and what a CSM does in one business, can be actually still quite different from what it looks like in, a, in another in another organization. And that could be, you know, at one minute I'm talking from a, a CSM who's the only CSM in a startup versus someone who uh, works as part of a large team in an enterprise business. But clearly there's some core differences between what you know, a CSM can do from one to the other. When it comes to looking at a chief customer officer, first of all, I'd love to know how you describe what a chief customer officer actually is. And actually, if I was to go and interview a, a, another CCO, would you expect there to be some big differences between or variance between what a CCO does at one company and another? I'd love to get your take on that. Yeah, absolutely. I think at the core of it, CCOs across companies have a lot of the same purpose and drive. So you're really focused on ensuring that your customers are successful, I think, mm-hmm. in a, to be as simple as possible. 
And how that's manifested and communicated, I think, will vary organization to organization. So to focus more on the commonalities, you have to report on retention numbers. Depending on the organization, you're also reporting on some success metrics, such as you know testimonials and, and getting referrals and, and such as well. But really, I think the role of the CCO is quite similar across all of them. And the differences will really vary based on industry and some of the nuances around that. And then also based on the life cycle of the company. So in an earlier stage organization, the CCO is probably more heavily involved in the day-to-day operations and actually creating processes. Whereas in a more established organization, you're probably seeing a CCO that's responsible more for management and strategy and some of those reporting metrics as well. So I think those are really the two driving factors between where you'll see the CCO differ across organizations. I think for me, I think one of the great things when I, when I see an organization, so I'm really lucky at Gainsight, we have a, an amazing chief customer officer, Ashvin, who, who's just so inspirational in terms of what he does and is someone who embodies living for the customer and always trying to think about what we can do to improve both the experience and the, the solutions that we provide. But I think when I see an organization who has a, a CCO, it says something to me that they, to have a really senior C-level board, C-level exec focused role just on the the customer itself, I I think says something both internally and externally. Have you found the same thing as well, that those types of organizations that have invested in that role are are slightly more mature in their their processes in terms of how they provide value to a a customer? Absolutely. I think having the CCO role is not just a signal internally, but externally that you value the customer at every level of your organization to the point where they have a seat at the table. So, because really the CCO is representative of the customer at the table, apart from having, you know, advisory boards where you, and voice of the customer surveys where you actually have customers telling you their feedback. This is a signal across the board that the customer is really critical and essential to the company's operations. Something that we say a lot because we're in the financial services with our software is tell me where you put your money and that's where I'll tell you what you value or what your strategy is. And Mm. so in this way, organizations that have a CCO role are saying, we're putting our money towards this because we value the customer so much that we need to have it at the forefront of what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, from an external perspective, those messages will be loud and clear. But I also think, and we touched on internally as well, I mean, for customer success to be effective anywhere, it's the first door of customer success, right? It, it can't flow against the, corp, you know, the, the corporate tide of your business. It has to permeate across it. So just because you've got one group called customer success doesn't mean they're the only ones invested in helping your customers be successful. That same theme should resonate in product group, in sales groups, in marketing, and so on and so forth. So I, I actually actually think the CCO role and, and being at a peer level as a, a chief revenue officer or CMO, chief, chief marketing officer, I think it's really important to make sure one, the other parts of the organization are aligned to what the customers actually want. And two, you, you know, no doubt there's always give and take between groups. So you can talk in terms of what your team actually needs, for example, with product. So what's going on within the roadmap? Is that in line with what customers actually want? Or is it just something that, that's kind of, it's, it looks great, but it doesn't actually serve any functional purpose. Talk to me about how you found in terms of having a seat at the table from an internal perspective and, and working with those other groups and other senior level execs to try and make sure that everyone is aligned around the customer. Oh, absolutely. 100% agree with everything you've said, Adam. I think a good example of how that's manifested in our organization is 
our chief product officer has actually created a pretty democratic process around how we decide what our developers work on over the next few weeks in our our product cycle. And what that involves is all of us in the senior leadership team having a vote in deciding on what they will work on. So our CEO, myself, our salesperson all have a voice in saying what should we prioritize and that's what the developers will work on. And so being able to say, you know, our customers need this, our biggest customer says they absolutely need this feature and then having everyone get on board has been huge. It's been immensely helpful and it actually shows how the customers influencing the actual development of our product, which has been phenomenal. Mm. I mean, in terms of the maturity that an organization will have, so for example, I mean, like you said, you were the first customer success person within your business. And I think that will resonate with potentially a lot of people listening to this, that they might have been the, the first or within the first bunch of CS people that are hired. Would you say the CCO role, is that something that evolves over time? So it kind of grows or is something you think is, is important to have from day one? And if, if it's not from day one, what, what, what are the kind of signs that might tell a business, actually, we're ready for us, that we need to have that CCO role? Mm-hmm. I think if you are a smaller company, you know, early stage, uh, so perhaps thinking about having a customer success person, it's important to have at least one person there. If you have a product or service that's in front of customers, that way you start doing that research and figuring out, you know, what are the criteria to ensure that this customer is successful? How do we start building out a scalable customer success team and the assumption that we're going to be growing and expanding and, and bringing in new customers? So it's important to have that that view from the ground up to see how things have evolved over time. And what you're going to notice is that in those early days, as the sole customer success person, you're doing everything. You are training, you are working on implementation, you're doing project planning, you're reporting to the board, you're doing it all. And then over time, as you're given the autonomy and the budget to expand that team, you're able to start carving out some of those responsibilities. But when you do that, you know that you've already seen the depth of that role. So it puts you in a better position to manage the folks that you're bringing in to to take leadership and ownership of that function. So I am not involved at all in implementations for my team and for our customers, but I know and fully understand and trust the team that manages them because I've done it before and I know that they've been doing a great job setting up processes and systems to manage that effectively. I mean, one of the other reasons I'm a big advocate for the CCO role as well is that it does mean that, you know, in terms of a, a career path in customer success. So if I think about my own career, right, I've been that customer success executive, you know, very junior. And I remember my, my first forays into the world of, I mean, it wasn't even called customer success back then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm talking in the early, very early 2000s. But then, you know, once you get on that journey, customer success manager, team lead, you know, head of customer success, director, mm-hmm. VP, once you get to those kind of levels, there's not really anywhere else within the world of customer success that you can aspire to. So actually, I think just like other groups have evolved, sales, marketing, product, and so ever, not having that, that kind of pinnacle, that that role that sits at that sea level that really speaks to the the kind of skill set that some of these individuals are have and can aspire to to that kind of position, I think is important. But from someone, let's say, who's been 
you know, that VP of, of customer success and, and maybe starting off in their first CCO role, how well equipped with that kind of experience do you think they'll have to, to manage? Do, do, are there some things, some unique skills or characteristics that you think a CCO such as yourself has that, that really needs to be successful and maybe gaps in the, for someone who's, who's been doing that head of customer success or VP of customer success may need to work on? I think the most critical thing to underscore to someone who's in a VP role and kind of aspiring to have that seat at the table is twofold communication and strategy. Mm-hmm. The first part is people don't like surprises. They don't like to hear that all of a sudden a major customer has turned or something catastrophic happened with a customer. So communication is really critical because you need to be able to prepare folks if you see that customers are approaching, you know, red territory if you're if you're tracking risk levels and kind of apprise them of that as early as possible. So communication is critical. Mm-hmm. Focusing on that and making sure that that is a priority. Where are you hearing wonderful things from customers? Where are you seeing cracks in the foundation so you could potentially get resources deployed to help save that customer? And the second piece is strategy and I think that's especially critical today cuz no one could have predicted COVID. No one could have predicted, you know, the catastrophic impact that had in certain industries. And I'm sure a lot of folks listening kind of fall in a different range in the spectrum of folks who've done phenomenally well and those who kind of suffered a, a bit in terms of revenue and retention numbers. And really being able to show and demonstrate the proactive nature and actions you're taking to position your company best and your customers in the, as best as possible going into the rest of the year is, is absolutely critical. So I think that that twofold combination of communication and strategy are, are going to be two two critical skills to focus on. I mean, you mentioned COVID there, which is obviously at the time of recording this, we're in August uh, 2020 is highly topical. Did, you, did that change your modus operandi uh, in terms of how you worked or how you operated or how you reported to the board and to the CEO? I mean, clearly customers you know, of all different types of um, you know, no one's really stayed the same. It's it's either represented some level of opportunity, but I guess for the for the vast majority has, has caused quite considerable pain and strife. Did that in your role change the nature of what you did or how you did it? Or is it more of a case of just adapting what you, you know, some existing processes that you did? I think it absolutely did change our approach, especially in the, the first few weeks of mm-hmm. COVID. Having worked at a financial services institution during the start of the Great Recession, I was actually pretty familiar with what happens when crisis hits immediately and what do you do to try to recover from that or at least save your organization as best as possible. So for us in our early days, my team immediately stopped, halted everything and really reached out to every customer on a personal level to see if there was anything we could do to help and to let them know we're here if they need anything. And that is it. Nothing else. No, hey, We noticed you haven't used the software in a couple of days, literally just focused on that. And that was what transpired over the first two weeks. Also, within the first four weeks of COVID, I reported a customer check status to the organization because we were kind of in the initial days of feeling the panic of COVID. I wanted to be able to share out with them to minimize panic to say, here's where we are hearing from customers. Here are the customers that are still using the software. Etc. Here's the renewals that we've we've brought in already. So being able to have that consistent pulse to check and reporting real time back to the organization was immensely helpful. And we were doing something similar with the board that I actually funneled that communication through our CEO when she provided a company wide update. The first few weeks was really just about 
you know, us taking a, a check on what's happening and how much is this impacting us. And then as it became clear that because folks had to lean on remote learning and remote work, they needed to use our software. We noticed that there wasn't significant change. You know, then we were able to kind of resume normal operations from there. But but in the first few weeks, you just have to pivot and take stock of what's happening before you can do anything else. My question was going to be, how, how do you pivot? I mean, as a as a CCO, clearly you're very focused on delivering customer outcomes and doing the right thing for the customer. But obviously, you need to do the right thing for your own business as well. As you say, you're reporting on, on uh, recurring revenue and you've got your own targets that you need to hit as well. Now, clearly, when something like COVID hits, which I guess no one could have predicted, you need to make some really fast and hard decisions because you need to act in the best interest of your customers, but also your own business. So, how how do you find kind of how easy or difficult is it to straddle those two lines to try and be really customer centric, but still make sure you've got your own company's best interests at heart? I, I imagine that there's always difficult decisions to be made, right? Of course. So the way the dots were connected between the two was obviously the organization's metric that they're looking at is customer and revenue retention. And the customer success vantage point in the customer's view is how do we get value? And the way that we were able to link the two is by taking stock of, is the current solution they're using adding value? Is this the most pressing problem they have right now? Or do they have a new problem they're facing? And do we have a solution that can help them solve that problem? So in most cases, we were able to continue on that path of what we had previously mapped out. Mm -hmm. And in a handful of cases, we had to say, well, you know, this is their new problem. And this is how we can pivot our work and support to retain this customer, but just repurpose what we were doing previously. And then frankly, what I'm thinking about now with my team is what are the next horizon problems, right? So COVID hasn't gone away and we don't know when it will. We work with Mm. school districts where in the US at least, uh, there's just a lot of chaos around what model do we support now? Do we have folks come back to school? Do we support virtual learning? Do we do some kind of hybrid model? There's a lot of uncertainty and and lack of clarity there. So we just need to be prepared for what are the potential next horizon problems we need to be solving for our customers and try to get in front of that. Yeah, and that's probably a kind of a good place to ask my final question, which is as we kind of look in the future, I mean, even as we take things as huge as COVID out of the way, I mean, clearly I've seen a huge rise, not only in terms of customer success generally, but the role of, of CCO existing at leading businesses. Do you, do you see that trend continuing as in the CCO role? And, and how do you think the role itself might evolve and what's expected of it? Do you, do you think it'll also grow to encompass other functions that sit within other parts of the business now? Or do you think it will become more focused and niche? What's your view on that? Yeah, great question. The interesting side effect of COVID has been the increasing focus on customer success. So a lot of organizations have been hiring more CSMs, which has been phenomenal. And there's this uh, extra attention being given to retaining a customer and keeping the customer happy. So it's a sentiment I hope will continue well beyond COVID recovery days. So, so that's been pretty phenomenal. In terms of other operations, I think it honestly, this feels like a cop out answer, but it really depends <laughs> on the industry and the and the type of organization. So that's all right. Most answers in customer it, success begins with the two words. It depends. I'll let, it I'll let you have that cover. <laughs> because, and I think it depends on a couple of things. One is how big can your CS team actually grow to? So eventually, CS will have its operations function right as you progress towards specialization, as I mentioned earlier. So how much of that will be 
sitting directly within the CS function versus, uh, you know, operations directly. And, you know, I think that's the kind of a big driving factor in, you know, determining, you know, the interaction with the other organizations or the other departments within the organization. And I think the second component that influences this is the skill set of the leaders and the folks that you've hired on your team, because you're really looking for complementary skill sets. So where are the gaps in CS? Do other teams kind of complement that skill set? And is there a natural fit to having them work together? Or is there an opportunity to hire directly in CS and, and build that function out? And that's the part that I think is just company and industry specific. Fantastic. Well, look, it, it's been an amazing conversation. I, I've learned, and as I say, I, I think there's from the CCOs that I've met, including you, are, are just huge inspirations to many people who work within customer success, both in terms of what you represent, but also being an aspirational goal to even be a CCO in the future. So thank you so much for just spending some time and sharing some insights with us. I'm off to download that Headspace app because it sounds like exactly what I need, <laughs> especially in times such as this. Uh, and thanks again so much for your time today. Thanks, Adam. It's always great talking to you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Gainsight Game Changer podcast. Please follow, rate, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about all of our episodes, please visit Gainsight.com. This podcast is produced and edited by StudioPod. To learn more about their work, go to studiopodsf.com.